And welcome back to another episode of Farewell Evangelion. My name is Keith, who is going through the series for his last time, and I'm joined by Peter. Hello! Who's going through for his first. Essentially, we're going through the episodes of the series, and we've come to what is pretty much the grand final of the original run of the series, End of Evangelion. First released on July 19th, 1997, Nair faces off against the uh, 18th Angels, Humanity Itself. Now, I don't know why it says Nerve faces off against it, because this is really Sile versus Nerve. Yeah. But the, the big revelation, obviously, humans were an angel all along. Yeah. Humanity as a whole was just one big old fucking angel. Um, so, the thing to address real quick is this is not about the entirety of End of Evangelion. It's the second half of Death and Rebirth slash the first half of End of Evangelion. Yeah, understanding context I think correctly. the easiest way to explain it is... The end of Evangelion adds context to the series as a whole, so it's presented in episode 25 and 26 to make things simpler. So this is the pairing to episode 25, uh, this one's known as uh, Air, essentially, when yeah. referred to in the fandom. So they'll say end of Evangelion to talk about everything, but it's easier you can just say episode 25 Air, which is the counterpart. Cool. So yes, we're talking about Air, which... Is interesting because that's not the material I most associate with this episode after watching it. I think of blood as the material <laughs> that comes to mind first. Well, to be fair, I think it's also uh, part because when Asuka has her big moment, Air on G String is playing. Oh, uh, that's fair. This, uh, the secondary title of this episode is also Love is Destruction. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, this was uh, this is an interesting episode, movie segment, however you want to fucking refer to it. This was this was interesting. There's a lot of New context, this very much seems like the ending that was written for the people who just wanted to watch Ava's fight angels, or Ava's fight Ava's. Uh, so the thing I want to clarify here is, there's a lot of argument, and I'm not going to go too much into this because I don't want to talk about the second half because we haven't watched that yet, uh, but a lot of people were under the impression that this movie was made strictly because of fan backlash. Uh, Anno and Gainax Studio got a lot of death threats and people complaining about stuff like that for how they ended the series. Anno has said that his original ending that is unfiltered was fully episode 26 that we saw. That's his ending yeah. of the series. This was more of created as an afterthought. There was probably some level of doing it because of... Neon Genesis took off in the way no one expected. Yeah. And they were obviously going to move forward with the series. But a little fun fact for people. You know how would they do the next time on Evangelion at the end? Yeah. At the end of episodes 25 and 26... They show, like, rough draft stills of the Asuka versus the um, mass production Avas. So even if this isn't something that ended up in the original 25-26, this is something that they were clearly playing around with at that time and decided to keep up. Exactly. I think the best way to say it is End of Evangelion, all of that is canon, and it always was. It wasn't just made after the fact. Yeah. But... Obviously, there was probably some things that were tweaked when they decided to actually go forward with producing it. Yeah. And I think they were planning on producing something along these lines anyways, regardless of the backlash or the calling for the fans. I think there was a plan to do something like this. But ultimately, this was the story, and the ideas were already even in the concept of being worked on before this even happened. Yeah. Like, even if we don't say that this was, uh, like, something they were already planning on, because... I mean, we, without them directly coming out, it's hard to say for sure if this was something they were planning on making or not. As he said, this, the original episode 26 was just his idea for the ending, and that was the complete ending in his mind. So 
even if this wasn't something that they were planning on making, it's very clear that the story that's being told is the canonical story, and it was what was happening behind the scenes. It's just not the story he felt needed to be told. Exactly. Like 25 yeah, as we discussed when we did the 26 episode, it, Ano's feeling was it wasn't important everything else. It was about Shinji's growth. Yeah. And this is more saying, well, this is what was happening while Shinji was having his growth. Yeah. Which we also haven't gotten instrumentality yet, which is yeah. the funny part. This is what's happening while Shinji's having his growth, but really it's just the death half of death and rebirth, which is weird because it's technically the rebirth half of death and rebirth. Yeah, but... And it's a lot more death than death and rebirth had. <laughs> True. Uh, but yeah, we saw the flashes uh, in episode 26 that even gave us scenes that happened in this one. So, Ritsuko's death, Misato's death. And Asuka at the bottom of the lake in the Ava. We, yeah. we saw all of that already. And then the scene's slightly different, but the scene when Gendo comes to Rei and says, it's time, she's in her school uniform, whereas in this version, she's just completely naked. Yeah. Rei's not a human anymore, even if humans are technically angels and Rei's a kind of angel. Rei's well, not a human in the traditional sense, I'll put it that way, and not deal with the fallback of the comment for right now. But here's the interesting thing. Technically, Rey is fully human. Because of the oh, revelation that we got in this episode. Humans are the products of Lilith, and because Rey is Lilith, that makes her closer to human than any other human or something like that. So, essentially, Lilith is the original human. Yeah. All human humanity was born of Lilith. Fuck it, I don't Which know. also explains why angels and uh, humans had a 99% DNA, DNA overlap earlier in the series. Fuck it, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> Ray does not follow the normal social norms of other humans. Let's just no, phrase that, it that way. That, that, is, that is 100%, I will agree. It's right. just saying she's not human is technically uh, correct. Technically incorrect, yeah, sure. But yes, she has stopped following societal norms. She has evolved past them and thus doesn't feel the need to wear her schoolgirl uniform anymore. Yeah, the first thing we see in of the, uh, Ray in this episode, or first half of the movie, is she wakes up in her bed, gets dressed, and goes to leave, and we see Gendo's glasses just shattered on the ground, which is kind of the follow-up to the last time we saw Ray, where she saw the glasses and crushed them. Yeah, so we saw that Ray too, took very delicate care of the glasses, and they were clearly something important to her, to the point where when Shinji was holding them, she took them out of his hands and put them back in the case to keep them safe. Ray 3 kind of crushed them the first time she saw them, but didn't fully destroy them, and then at this point, Ray has fully destroyed the glasses. Well, which I will say is, like, seeing that for the first time, it's very interesting to see where the character of Ray is going, because, as we know, and I've mentioned a few times, when Rays die and they transfer the soul to a new host, not everything goes through. Yeah. But not everything goes through as a memory, for example. There's other things that also stay true. For example, when Ray crushed those glasses in the original uh, episode... She started crying and she didn't know why, which means there was some emotional connection still to those. But what has changed is the yeah. way, interesting way to look at it, because something's implant. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how well she goes along with Gendo's plan, because it, my interpretation of her reaction to the glasses seems like while Ray too had the utmost respect from Gendo, as we saw from multiple scenes, like her slapping the shit out of Shinji for talking bad about Gendo, it. While I'm not saying one way or another that this is what's happening, it could be inferred that Ray 3 does not have the same feelings towards Gendo and doesn't have the same willingness to do everything he says. So Sorry. it'll be interesting to see how instrumentality plays out because it was kind of, at least as far as I can tell, based around the idea of Ray doing exactly as Shinji required in the moment. So who knows if it'll actually play out that way. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Ray doesn't actually have a lot going on in this episode. It's more of that scene where she wakes up, 
leaves, goes and bathes in one of those chambers at uh, the Evangelion graveyard. Yeah. And then she goes to visit the vat of where all of her clones used to be, meets up with Gendo, who says it's time, and then the next we see them, they're standing outside of Lilith, and Ritsuko does her whole, I'm gonna kill all of us. Yeah, I... Fuck you, I got my mom to side with me, and I'm gonna destroy the building and you so your plans can't work because you didn't love me, and you didn't love my mom. And Gendo just kind of, like, watches this happen, knowing that while Ray, not Ray, Ritsuko's mom might be fully on board with killing him, Ritsuko's mom, the woman, is not gonna be fully on board and is still very much so in love with Gendo and is gonna go along with his plans till the end. Well, I don't even know if, like, Gendo was... I think Gendo is so sure of his plan that he can't even perceive the idea of something not working. Yeah. So I don't think it was like, oh, I know it's going to turn out the whole time. Yeah. I think he's just like, there's no way my plan's not going to work. Yeah, it's, there's no point in considering my plan not working because I've spent the past 15 years ensuring that my plan works. So I'm not going to bother considering... And it might just come down to the fact that he's always... Ritsuko's always been below his level of consideration as like a person, like... He hasn't factored her into his plans for the most part, so... Well, a little fun thing here for you, which uh, I'm sure you noticed, but... Uh, when they're having their final showdown, it doesn't go off. It cuts to Gendo, and he mouths something, but the word, like there's no words. And then she calls him a liar, and then he shoots her, and she falls in. And she sees Ghost Ray, which shows up a lot through this episode. Yep. Uh, call her Ghost Ray, Ethereal Ray, Ray, whatever you want. But uh, the reason that he has no lines is because... When they were doing the initial recording, there was an error, so the line didn't actually record, and they didn't notice, so when they were watching it back for the final proof, nothing came out, and Otto decided he liked that version more. I like that. It's oh. like uh, Sleepless in Seattle, and what's Bill Murray say at the end of the movie? Nobody knows, nobody needs to know. Well, the thing is, we know what Gendo said, because that information is available, because the scripts are out. Fair. We just, in the episode thing, we don't know what he says, which kind of builds to it. And if you like, I can fully tell you what he says. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Yeah, what does he say? He says, I did love you. Ah, uh, fair. Yeah, I can see how she would have that reaction to it, and how he would say something like that. Yeah, the idea is that he only loves Yui, and everything he's doing is for you. Butsuki even says, when Gendo's like, I'm off to do the last part of the plan, he's like, okay, yeah. give my regards to Yui. Yeah. <laughs> like, obviously his plan is involving Yui in some capacity and all that, and the whole idea is Yui is his driving force. So on top of that, if he's saying, well, I loved you too, Ritsuko, I don't think it's fully a lie? No, I fully think he's telling the truth. It's just they have different defini definitions of the word love in that moment where she's thinking, you don't love me as a lover, and he's thinking like the same way Fugsky loved Yui, and where they're not saying that there was a romantic component to that, but he clearly was compassionate towards her and had an emotional connection with her. Oh, well, they were sleeping together. That, that's... Oh, Fugsky and Yui were? No, uh, Gendo and... Oh, Gendo and... Okay. Reed's Co. Yeah. I was like, Fugsky and Yui, what the fuck? <laughs> what did that detail get expressed to us? Um, you see, if you watch the series backwards on slow motion and turn the volume way up, you hear nothing. Oh, fair enough. Uh, but yeah, no, I, uh... I assumed he said that even if they had a sexual component to their relationship, I assume he was just saying he loves her the way that, um... Father loves it, or not a father, a man loves his beloved pet dog. Like, you still love them, but that doesn't mean you want to be in a relationship with them. But he was! But not that kind of relationship. He wasn't giving over an emotional connection, it was purely physical. You hear slandering the holy name that is Gendo Akari here, right in front of me. I do no such thing. Um, I'd much rather slander Shinji. Um, 
I mean, he's kind of doing enough for both of us at this point. Uh, yeah, this fucking episode's version of Shinji. It was a lot of regression to earlier versions of Shinji. Yeah, well, keep in mind, this is pretty much right after. So, canon-wise, how this is happening. They defeat the last angel, and then there's the scene with uh, Misato and Shinji overlooking the lake, and he doesn't think about Kaurushiba and would survive. This is pretty much right after that, like within a couple of days. Yeah. We open up with Shinji, who's just soaking wet head to toe, and then we see the uh, power line transformer thing fall off and hit the lake, kind of like paralleling uh, Kaoru's death. Yeah. Uh, and then he goes to the hospital room, where he... Uh, <laughs> this fucking scene, man. I, I have questions about this scene. <laughs> so... He's clearly in a position where he realizes, or I don't know if he realizes, but he decides he's not in a place to solve problems anymore. And he wants Asuka to go back to being the Asuka he first met, and her to be fully cocky and solve all the problems for him. Yeah, which uh, is a funny uh, uh, thing to look at, too, because at this point, he feels like almost everyone's betrayed him. Calvo betrayed him. Ray betrayed him by not being human, or not being Ray too. Uh, Misato's betrayed him. Like he feels like everyone's betrayed him, and really, Oscar's really that only constant in his life now. Because even though we've seen Oscar go, go from some shit, she hasn't shown it to Shinji. So in Shinji's mind, oh, this perfect person who's honestly Shinji probably thinks that Oscar is the hero of the story. If he yeah. knew it was a story, Oscar's yeah. clearly the hero. How how she end up in a coma? Oscar's <laughs> the protagonist. She's gone through some shit, and honestly, it's Shinji's fault because he wasn't able to properly support the protagonist of this story. Yeah. That's probably what's going through Shinji's mind in these <laughs> moments. Uh, so yeah, of course he wants Asuka to wake up and save the day. And then... The scene continues. Oh god. I don't even want to talk about it. It happens. Shit happens. Yeah, essentially just Shinji rubs one out, but at the same time he's like, Oh, I'm like the lowest low. I'm... Fucked. Yeah, he rubs one out over an unconscious, comatose Asuka, and then realizes he's fucking scum of the earth. Yeah. So he spends the rest of the episode, by his choice, sitting under a stairwell. Waiting for the fucking invading army to kill him off like everyone else. Yeah. Speaking of which, fucking Tokyo 2 designates that Tokyo, or that Nerim is no longer a part of anything, and that the Japanese government's gonna be taking over their duties. And so they send in the Japanese army to kill off all of Nerv's employees and take over control. Well, to be fair, it's through the Japanese government, but it's actually Sile's doing. Yeah. Because we actually get the conversation between Gendo Fuyutsuki and the rest of Sile, where they're talking about humans' totality. And we get more look into what Sile's trying to do. And they want the extinction of humanity to force evolution, yeah. in a sense. And then Gendo's trying to explain, well, if everyone's dead, there's no evolution. Yeah. Life, uh, death does not create new life. Death creates nothingness, is essentially what his line is. And, um, And then, uh, Sile effectively sentences him to death for hanging up on Gendo Akari, of all people. Yeah, that was a foolish idea. I mean, to be fair, he's kind of, like, just hung up on them. <laughs> so this is probably, like, this is our chance. Yeah. We know if we let this call go on for 30 more seconds, he'll be the one to hang up on us, so we have to hang up on him first. Yeah, so, ultimately, Sile does try to resolve this in a peaceful manner of just... Hand over control, give us the Avas, that's the end of it. Yeah. Genda refuses because he has his own plan, and that right there is the full confirmation that, oh, Gendo is fully working against us. He's betrayed us. Yeah. We're going in guns a-blazing. Yeah, hacking into the Magi, taking them over, and then just sending in our fucking armies to destroy it. 
drop an end to mine on the geo front so we have a better view of the fucking Nerv HQ as it explodes. Yeah, so the uh, Nerv HQ is fully opened up to the sky above. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Shinji is under the chair, under the stairs, just kind of crying. The Japanese uh, JSDF gets inside, is just killing people all over the place, but also. Some other moves, I'm just not sure, because as we talked about it, there's a scene where it's like, we gotta get the power, and he's using a machine gun to shoot wires, yeah. but he's also holding the wire while he's doing it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's so Did they fucked. not give you knives? So fucked. It's so fucking stupid. There are so many better ways to do that. Especially because it's not just they're cutting wires, they make a specific call of make sure you cut the red wire first, and firing your machine gun blindly into a cubicle of wires is going to have a hard time making sure you're cutting a specific wire first. You see, he's cutting all the wires at the same time, which is technically all the wires are first. Yeah, so the red wire is still first. Yeah, it's it's just fucking stupid, man. Yeah, and then in uh, a scene that kind of, in a sense, some people point out, almost dooms Asuka. Misato gives the order to drop the uh, red plastic stuff into all the area to slow them down, which hardens. Yeah. And then when Shinji finally gets to Evo Unit 1, it's encased in it, so he can't get into the unit. Yeah, so he can't get out to help uh, Asuka with her fight. Granted, with the amount that Shinji was dragging his feet, even if he did get out, he might have saved her from dying, but she wasn't get walking away unscathed. She was absolutely already taking the fucking Spear of Longinus to her face. Although I don't think it was the Spear of Longinus, because that's still on the moon, unless they sent a mission to the moon to collect the spear, so... A spear that behaves exactly like the Spear of Longinus to the moon. Uh, so the noticeable thing is this spear is not red, it's grey, yeah. and it transformed from the spear things, they're replicas. Just like right. the S2 engines inside uh, the mass production Avas are also replicas. They're not perfect, but they're close enough that they do the job. Fair enough. Yeah, that's fucked. Yeah, uh, Misato ends up saving Shinji before he dies. Uh, the guy's like, nothing personnel, kid. Yeah, nothing personnel, kid. And then Misato, while at a full sprint, shoots one person in the head, another person in the heart, and then, like, kicks a guy in the head and is like, hey, nothing personnel, kid, and then shoots him in the head as well. <laughs> that was a funny line, I'm gonna use it. What line? Nothing personnel. <laughs> Worst part is it's not even the guy who said that, that she says it back to him. Someone completely different. <laughs> yeah. Your dead friend had a good line, so I'm gonna use it on you now. But I'll tell someone you copied it. Oh, will you now? Who are you gonna tell? Shinji! <laughs> Shinji, did you hear what this guy said? Shinji, don't make me kill you two. That's my line, you heard it first. Meanwhile, Shinji's just over there like, I wish I was dead right now. Couldn't you have been ten seconds slower, Misato? <laughs> well, Vatsuki's like, yes, I heard it, I'll tell everybody. That's true. Yeah, Misato takes Shinji uh, to... The unit one, all the while just massive lore dump about humans being the 18th angel, the offspring of Lilith. Yeah. Which, interesting enough, makes there's a key difference between uh, the angels, which are offspring of Adam. Yeah. All the angels are offsprings of Adam, humans, which we kind of got hinted in the original 25 was, or not 25, I think it was 24, with Power um, constantly referring to humans as Lilith, so. We got a hint that there was something weird going on there, but yes. yeah. Yeah, th they definitely put all the information out there. The fact that Kaoru refers to it all, all the angels are offsprings of Adam. He has seems to have disgust for Lilith specifically, and she's the other. And then calling humans Lilith, at the very least, it implied that Lilith was not the same as Adam in yeah. any aspect. There's some key difference between Lilith and Adam. But yeah, Shinji finally does get there after Misato gets shot in the back, tries to walk it off, acting like it's nothing. 
Uh, and then she gives him, like, the kiss, like, oh, this is an adult kiss, and if you come back, we'll do the rest. But she's fully aware, he, like, there's no coming back to her. Yeah. So it's... She's about to die, and so she's making an empty promise of, hey, save the world. It's essentially the ending of, uh, fucking... Kingsman? Kingsman, except instead of, if you save the world, I'll have sex with you, it's, if you save your own life, I'll have sex with you, fully knowing she will not be alive to hold up her end of the promise. Yeah. And this is just, I think... That's the end of Misato's arc in the story, too, because she fully, like, tells Shinji's, like, you and I are pretty much the same. I was doing this, yeah. but I was able to get past this and move forward. I'm not there yet, but, you know, one step at a time. So she realized her mistakes and was able to grow past that. And even though she's, like, getting better at that, she still has the same traps, and she doesn't really have to, like, interact with people outside of certain things. So it's kind of like Misato's trying to be Shinji's mother, an older sister... But then she also only really understands the relationship between a male and female on, like, that physical aspect. So she tries to use that, too. Like, she's trying every thing she can to get Shinji out of this, I just want to die and don't want to do anything yeah. mindset. Which, ultimately, it does. When he's in the elevator, he does have that breakdown, knowing she's probably going to die, or has died already. And then when he gets to the top, he's got that shock expression, like, ah, shit, I got to the Ava, and it's encased in this red shit. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting, because this does kind of parallel what we talked about a little bit while, after watching Death Square, which is that... Shinji's, uh, it doesn't come across well during the initial run of 26 episodes, uh, but like going back and re-watching, or watching the Death Squared recap version of it, you can tell that where Shinji's at now mirrors fairly closely to where Misato was and what she's gone through, yeah. and how she's essentially an older female version of Shinji, and that's why she takes such an interest in Shinji, because she sees herself in him, and she's trying to correct the mistakes that she went through, so... To be fair, I don't think it's as simple as she just sees herself in Shinji, too. I think she literally was, like, in a way, becoming the parental figure for her, uh, him and Asuka. Like, she wanted to be that motherly figure and help guide them and take care of them. But she was also in such a bad state herself that she was kind of hiding that she wasn't able to fully realize that. Oh, yeah, I 100% agree. I just mean that you see those comparisons between those characters once you have that extra level of view, and this just is another detail of that relationship that you don't quite pick up on, or that you wouldn't have picked up on on your first time through. But yeah, further confirmation that that's what's going on between these two characters. Also, I don't know, I guess Shinji's now motivated by the power of boners and how <laughs> once he saves the world, he gets to make sweet, tender love to Misato or something. I don't know, the last time he was, power uh, he was uh, persuaded by his boner didn't turn out well. Yeah, he might have ended up in the Duroxy. Um, <laughs> no, I talk about the beginning of this episode. Oh, the beginning of this episode. Yeah, that's true, too. Um, oh, God, I forgot. <laughs> I purged it from my memory. You put it right back in there. A lot of people do try to forget that scene. Yeah. But it, it it's going to sound really weird, but it does play an aspect for, like, stuff we're going to see coming down the line. I, sure. Well, you, I, I think you still remember the concept of what human instrumentality is, right? Yeah. It plays a role in that. Okay. Sure it does. <laughs> I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying I can't see it from my current perspective, but I'm going oh, yeah. to believe it. I, I, even I acknowledge it sounds weird saying it. Yeah. It's like <laughs> the situation. No, no, no. You don't understand. Shinji masturbating to Asuka while she's unconscious is crucial to the story. It's like all the people who watch like very heavily fan-serviced anime and be like, nah, the reason her uh, outfit is just a bikini is perfectly explained in the plot. She breathes through her skin. She can't wear normal clothes. And yes, I realize I'm not referencing an anime right now, but a video game series, but it's the same fucking thing. 
Couldn't you just design her to not breathe through her skin? No! She needs to breathe through her skin! She'll die if she doesn't! <laughs> oh, fuck. And that blood's on your hands! You really want to kill a fictional character before she's even existed? Fuck you! <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that is what it sounds like, but I'm willing to take your, uh, word for it at the current moment in time that it does have a purpose in the future. Yeah. Fuck. So yeah, uh, Asuka destroys a bunch of ships. Well, the first thing is- Asuka has both the greatest and saddest arc in this episode. Yeah. So, first of all, we get what I've been hoping for for the longest time, which is the return of original Asuka, yeah. which is her being fully full of herself and willing to kill a whole bunch of people to get what she needs. Yeah. Um, and we see that clearly Sile has not fully figured things out at this point, because their first step is to just try throwing a bunch of conventional weapons at her. It's like, the one thing I've learned over the course of this series about Angels and Avas is that the AT field makes them fucking invulnerable to conventional weapons. Well, that and it's not even the AT field. The amount of armor on those Avas are able to withstand a nuclear blast. Yeah, it was specifically said back with the fight against... I forget the name of the angel, but the one that was the giant space demon that was... It wasn't even that. It was earlier. During the fight with Jet Alone, Misato told Shinji when she was trying to hold back Jet Alone... It's okay for you to try to do that because even if this thing has a nuclear meltdown and you're at point zero, it won't matter because you're inside the Ava. Yeah, I just the one that specifically came to mind was the giant Ava that was or not Ava, Angel that was falling to the earth from space, and the line they had about are we sure it's okay for them to try and catch it? And it's like honestly, them and their Avas are more likely to survive it than people not even on the island of Japan. They yeah. have that much better of an odds of survival. Yeah, so, yeah, and that is without the AT field. Like those yeah. things are just fucking indestructible. Yeah. Um, the AT field just makes it, like, unfair to fight against yes. Uh, and so, uh, Sile sends in the nine, uh... Mass production Avas. Mass production. I was gonna say Finnish, but Finnish wasn't the right word. Yeah, most people refer to these nine specifically as the MPEs. Fair. Uh, yes, the mass production Avas, uh, which are all operating not on pilots, but on dummy plugs, clones of Kauru, and they all have their own S2 field, or S2 cores. Yeah. So... It's kind of the same level of unfair that it would be to have conventional weapons fight Neva as it is to have an Ava like Unit 2 fight these mass production Navas. Yeah, and uh, the S2 engines are the cores that those angels had, so unless you destroy the core, just like every other angel that, that was fought, you, they just regenerate. And that's kind of the thing that ends up being, I guess, Asuka's downfall, is she's never really directly told, or I guess no one really knows, that these aren't manned Avas. They uh, have Kauru dummy plugs inside of them, and are being controlled by Sile uh, pretty much directly, and she didn't know to go for the cores. Yeah. In fact, the one she actually almost destroys the core of is the one when they decide to break out the Spear of Longinus on her. Yeah. Which, also, kudos to Asuka, because she makes the joke, because after she takes out the army, then they're like, oh, the nine mass production Avas, you have to take them all out, Asuka. Oh, the nine of them, I'm just out of a coma, that's like 30 seconds for all of them. No problem. Yeah. It's, I have three minutes and 30 seconds to take down nine, that's 20 seconds each. And she manages to almost take them all out in that time. Well, if it wasn't for the fact that they had the S2 engines, if they didn't have the S2 engines, they were just standard Evangelions, she would have actually won. She yeah. would have took all of them out before she ran out of power, which standard Evangelion fashion. You yeah. defeat the enemy just so you run out of power. Yeah. So now we have to see what happens with Shinji, because uh, Shinji has now reached the service, sees Asuka fucking dead, essentially. Yeah, after they beat the her. nine circling uh, Avis in the air. Well, uh, something I mentioned before the Shinji part even, too. 
So Oscar reaches an insane synchronization rate, but we get the scene of her saying, I don't want to die. And then we start hearing a voice inside the Eva saying, I won't let you die. You're not supposed to die yet and all that stuff. Yeah. And then we get this kind of like ethereal scene where it's her as a child. She sees her mother reaches out and takes her hand. And then the big reveal that I'm sure most people figured out by this time, the, all the Evangelions have the souls of their mothers in it. Yeah. And that's why they need specific children to pilot them. Yeah. Th going back to the, the imagery of a child in the mother's womb. Yeah. So Unit 1 has Yui soul in it. And that's why it works for Shinji. And then Unit 2 has uh, Asuka's mother's soul in it. Yeah. yeah. Just like Unit 3 had Toji's mother's soul. Yeah. And Unit 0 also probably has Yui's soul in it in some way. Uh, not Yui's soul. So, I'm going to let you just know right now. There's never a confirmation for Unit 0. It being the prototype, there's a chance it might not need one. Ray being a Lilith clone with a little soul in it might not even need a soul in the Ava to pilot it because of that fact. Fair. But there is also speculation that Lilith's soul could be fragmented. So it has a piece of her soul. Yeah, so a piece of Lilith's soul, which people like to think is actually uh, Ray 1 is the one inside uh, Unit 0. Fair enough. But that's all you know, fan speculation. There's nothing concrete saying yes or no to any of that. Yeah. Still doesn't fully explain why Shinji was able to pilot Unit 0, but maybe we'll get into that. In the well, Shinji wasn't. Well they, well, they had the... Uh, so, Shinji wasn't able to do zero, but Ray was, Ray able, was able to do able one. Ray was able to do one. Okay, right, yeah. Because it's that. still Yui's body. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, I understand that right now. So, I think that may, I think you can understand a bit better why I, could, I said Ray could pilot one, zero and one, and Shinji could really only do one, and Asuka could definitely only do two. Yeah, that does make a lot more sense. But yeah, we find out with that revelation... Because, and this kind of plays back to the fact that uh, Ray told Asuka, you're not opening your heart to the Ava, it has a soul in it, kind of foreshadowing that as well. Asuka, surprising enough by being at rock bottom and just saying she doesn't want to die, she's opening up the fact that she doesn't want to die to the Ava, yeah. allows her mother's soul to come forth, and she hits not a 400% sync rate, because she doesn't turn into LCL within the plug, but she hits it pretty damn close to the point that any damage that happens to Unit 2 happens to her as well. To the point of even when it's off, yeah, it's happening to her. Yeah, so even when it's off and go going berserk, so to speak. Yeah, well, it, not to it does actually hit berserk, which yeah. is the full sign that her mother is fully awakened within the Ava. Yeah, and she... That fucking scene where she's reaching out her hand towards the fucking Ava, the Ava circling above, and then her hand gets fucking cleaved in fucking two. Oh, that... Right down the middle. Oh, I felt that in my fucking bones, man. Yeah. But yeah, and then... Then we get to the end. Yeah, so the MPEs pretty much vulture her alive. Rip her to pieces. So Asuka's dead. I guess her mother's fully dead now, too. But we do now have... So presumably what we're gonna have in the near future is Shinji fighting against these Avas, but he now has two crucial advantages that uh, Asuka did not have. The first advantage is he now realizes they all have the cores inside them that needs to be destroyed. Or he might not directly know that, but he could probably piece it together from the information provided to him by the people in there. And two, based on what happened when he went 400% compatibility rate, his Ava also has an S2 drive inside of it now, so it should also have a lot more survivability than Asuka's did. It has the S2 uh, engine. On top of that, uh, when it... So, Shinji couldn't get to the uh, unit, but then ends up in his, like, desperation with Asuka clearly dying, 
or being in a dangerous spot, it kind of resonates with Unit 1, who breaks at itself and uh, yeah. Jin. But when it's coming up, it also sprouts the wings that we saw right. back during the second Impact flashbacks. Yeah, so this is going to be an immensely powerful fucking Ava. It's awakened, Shinji's piloting it. Because when the eyes are glowing, that means it's aware and awake. Yeah. But it's also, like, sinking with Shinji. And, uh, the wings are definitely not a good sign. Nope. Uh, I have a feeling some MPEs are about to get their fucking ass handed Well, to on them. top of that, Shinji also, like, just lets out, like, uh, you know, psyche-breaking scream when he yeah. sees what happened to Asuka. Yeah. Shit's about to go fucking down. Yeah, and then we're hit with the end credits for the first half. So a lot of things are in motion, or I should say in play at this point, but you can tell a lot of, like, there's three plot lines that are all kind of coming to an end now. Yeah, human instrumentality with, uh, Rei and Gendo, Shinji and his fight against the MPEs, and what's the third one that I'm forgetting? Well, it's the three that are in, uh, or not the three, the four people that are left in the final stand around the Magi system. Right, yeah. Uh, Nerv employees. Maya, Oba, Yuga, and Fuyutsuki. Yeah. Uh, so those are kind of like the three stories that are ongoing because Misato and Ritsuko's stories have come to an end. So I guess we get right into some questions if you happen to have any. I'm going to be honest. The first question I had was what the fuck with reference to that hospital scene. But we've addressed it and I don't want to keep coming back to it. That's fair. So, um... I feel like I had other questions, but I think we kind of went over everything I was concerned about uh, as we were talking about it. Like, the mother-soul thing with uh, Unit 2. Mm-hmm. That was something I was assuming, but we fully confirmed it now. Um, and we even saw earlier in the uh, animated series that there was a moment where she actually came close to awakening it, where it never happened, and this was the final realization of it. Yeah. Uh, so now we have that better understanding. So yeah, no, I think I'm, uh, I think I'm in a good position for this episode. Well, in that case, uh, there are some fun things uh, that most people tend to not notice when they're watching it the first time. End of Evangelion is definitely one of the parts in the whole series that watching it a few times will definitely let you see more and more. The big one, which is one of my personal favorite things, is the revelation that humanity is the 18th angel is definitely foreshadowed in the series. But the series also kind of twists that aspect on you. So keep in mind, when the fight first starts with Asuka, she's fighting humans, right? Yeah. And to kind of mimic the fact of the new realization that humans are angels, but on top of that, Asuka, in a way, also becomes an angel, if you think about it. Because the fight against the JSDF at the beginning, what happens to Unit 2, almost perfectly parallels the first fight against Satchel with the JSDF before it. I did notice that one, yeah. Where the missile hits the head, and then she grabs the other one, they both explode point blank, and she... She, this is the first time Ava's done it, but she actively uses the AT field as an attack. Yeah. Which all the angels have been doing up to this point. She swings her hand and then sends an AT wave that just blows up all the planes. Yeah, I did notice the parallels in particular between this fight and the satchel fight at the beginning of the series. Yeah, so it does a little fun thing where the series is now looking at, like, well, were the angels necessarily bad, or is there something we're not realizing about them because, as Misato explains, there are another possibility... For humanity. Yeah. They're another possible species, or not even species, but another possible existence that humanity could be. Could have been, but they cannot exist together. Yeah. And to almost highlight that, Asuka pretty much behaves just like one of they would. And then it lets me kind of think about, like, well, maybe were the angels, like, the same as Asuka in those perspectives? What yeah. are, should we expect? Because 
Kaoru had his own motivations and wishes, and in the end decided to die to not kill humanity. What were the other angels thinking? Is like the yeah, thing it, it adds that extra level of depth because none of the angels in particular acted directly hostile towards humanity at first. It was like every incident, I suppose maybe the C1 kind of acted hostily at first. But like most of the ones we saw, it was them walking towards the HQ. And yes, that's slightly ominous, but then it's just humanity just launching an attack on them and then returning fire and destroying the humans that were attacking them. So if you think about it that way, it is very much like the Oscar thing where they're just trying to exist and humanity was like, pew, pew, pew. And they're like, oh, okay, I'm going to kill you all now. Yeah, the, uh, the main one that automatically was aggressive as soon as it came in contact uh, would have been Ramiel, which yeah. as soon as an Abel was nearby, it attacked it. Yeah. Uh, probably because it saw what happened to Satchel and yeah. uh, all the other ones. Uh, also the space-based ones. Yes. But at the same time, uh, Israfel, the bird of light that Hallelujah beamed uh, Asuka, also didn't attack. No. It did the Hallelujah beam, and it, once again, it posed a threat in the fact that it had the capacity to destroy all of Japan if it wanted to, but it didn't actually attack Nairi HQ or anything like that. Yeah, it's almost like it was trying to learn. Same with uh, uh, Lelial, the yeah. one who absorbed Shinji. It didn't attack anyone. It absorbed buildings, and when it was attacked, it absorbed, trying to like get rid of that. But at the same time, it was trying to understand Shinji, it seems. Yeah. Man, humanity's the real monster of this story. <laughs> well, Futsuki even makes the line of, like, well, who would have, uh, as I suspected, our final foe is man. Yeah. But yeah, that's kind of like the, the big fun part there that gets explained. Yeah. So now we know that both Adam and uh, Lilith had their own offsprings which are the angels for Adam. Uh, and I guess, like, I'm not saying that Lilith isn't an angel. By definition, she falls under the category's angel, but so do humans, but they're closer to Lilith, like, biologically, than they are to the other angels. Yeah. Makes sense. So, overall, what did you think of this episode? I really liked it. Um, it's, uh... See, it's the interesting thing, where it has a lot of that conflict and a lot of blood and shit going on but at the same time it also has a lot of i don't know why i'm happy that this is in the episode but a lot of trauma going on for shinji at the same time <laughs> so there's shit going on beyond just the angel fights or not even angel fights but the able fights happening but there is still that angel fight to carry a through line of that action and adventure going on at the same time yeah because shinji is effectively at like his lowest point at this point he killed Kaoru which up to this point was like the only thing that was showing him any form of affection yeah. and then that betrayal of oh it, was he just using me to get to this point but then he also let himself be killed so that I wouldn't die and he's having a lot of emotions he's very messed up right now and he gets some semblance of like fight back in him yeah to go up and help Asuka just to find oh she's dead shit yeah it's in particular that's the real rough part is him dragging his feet, not wanting to fight Neva, hearing that Asuka is standing up and starting to fight back on her own, and she's awoken, and like that's when he starts actually starting to carry his own weight and walking on his own. He's still not running towards the Ava, but he's no longer literally forcing Misato to drag him towards the Ava. Yeah. And then just as he's getting to uh, the um, Unit One, is when he starts hearing that the other Avas that Asuka's defeated are starting to stand back up. And Asuka truly needs his help in this moment, and that's when he has that realization of, 
I can't do anything because the Ava's currently locked in place by that fluid that turned into solids earlier. So. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's Is Shinji actively even trying, or is he passively using it as an excuse to like not do anything? And yeah. I guess that's kind of what we'll have to see from Shinji himself. Yeah, and then we get a nice little mirror to the first episode as well, in that... In that first episode, when the building starts to collapse, and the Ava acts without a pilot in order to protect Shinji by blocking rubble from falling on top of him. I think you mean his mother. Yes. His mother acts in order to protect Shinji. And then we get another shot of that, but this is after we've kind of seen that soul awakening and get the full confirmation of that. So it's, well, not even a confirmation. But that's when kind of all the cards are put on the table, and you can piece together that these are souls of mothers inside the Avas. Yeah. Um, and so now we get to see the Ava once again acting without a pilot, Kind of as like an homage to that earlier scene, and so you can think back. I remember that scene. Now I have the better context to understand exactly what was happening in that. Scene. Oh yeah, there's definitely a lot of parallels in this one. Obviously, uh, Ryutsuko, Ryutsuko and her mother kind of falling to Gendo in an aspect. Uh, one that a lot of people don't talk about is the fact that all three of the friends, Kaji, Misato, and Ryutsuko, all die by gunshot. Yep. And uh, I, it doesn't really apply to Misato, but it's someone they know. Yeah. So they all kind of fall to similar fates. Yeah. Ritsuko falls to Gendo. Uh, Kaji falls to someone he knows for sure. A contact. A contact, and our belief is that it's the cat lady. Um, at least your belief in the one I have fully adopted as my own as well. Uh, and then Misato falls to, I assume uh, if we had taken the mask off that guy, it would have been Misato's like long-lost brother, who she <laughs> never knew she had. <laughs> But yeah, I, I, I have to agree with you, though. Like, this episode is definitely really good in the context of things, uh, which it kind of has a lot of expectations it needs to kind of meet with, considering how big Neon Genesis was at the time, and this is, in the title, the end of everything yeah. that's even going to This is, even if it wasn't specifically made to address the complaints that people had, this was the ending that the people who weren't happy with the original ending, this was the ending they were getting. And our payment it. for demanding it is they killed off Ritsuko, Misato, and Asuka. Yeah. You get to watch all the characters you have grown love, uh, grown to love and have attachment towards. You get to watch them all fucking die. Yeah. Even if you were told during the episode 25 that they would die in brief flashes, now you actually get to fucking see it happen. Well, only the Ritsuko and the Misato. Yeah, you didn't get to... You didn't know Asuka was also going to die. Could have been but you didn't know. Well, I guess what I have to ask now is, you did make a prediction at the end of the last episode. Are you feeling confident to stick with it? Yeah, so... Uh, that's right, I forgot to do this at the beginning. But to address my prediction, my prediction for End of Evangelion was everyone dies. I had kind of, in air quotes, added as a part of instrumentality. And then after they all die, instrumentality goes through. But Shinji ends it at the last second and they all wake up on a beach alive again. At the very least, I got the everyone dies part right. It wasn't as a part of instrumentality, <laughs> and no one has woken up back alive on a beach yet. What do you mean? Gendo, Rei, Shinji, all the members of Sile. Uh, it's true. Not everyone <laughs> Maya, has died. Maya, Oba, Yuga, Fyutsuki. Allow me to rephrase. They have started heading down the path of everyone dies. Not everyone hasn't died yet, but they have established that main named characters are going to fucking die and have already started to. Fair. Um, you, don't, you don't have to answer now, because I will get you to give me a next time. Get, yeah, give me some time. So you, you can thoughts. think about it while I give yeah. our outro. 
So if you do like this episode and any of the other episodes we've released, make sure to subscribe, follow. You can find us on YouTube and all podcasting platforms. Leave a review, rate, comment, word of mouth to pass it on to friends. Definitely does help. We will be going on to the Rebuild series after this, as well as a few other specialized episodes not related to episodes directly. You can email us at whatismypodcastabout at gmail.com with any questions or anything else about the series you like that could be possibly read out on the podcast itself. And you can also follow us on Instagram where we have daily updates about different things about the series where we keep it up to where the podcast episodes are so you don't have to worry about spoilers if you're following along. We also have weekend polls. Right now we're going through what your favorite angel is. So that one's definitely getting hotly contested as we go on. Yep, it's starting to get pretty heated there. So thank you for joining us for another episode. And as always, Peter, what can we expect next time on Neon Genesis Evangelion? Hey, Shinji's going to kick the shooter with some MB- MPEs only for Genjo to accomplish his plans of initiating instrumentality. Everyone's going to become one being because that's instrumentality now, as I understand it, and all life's going to die. But... Shinji's gonna, once everyone's as a part of it, and I guess it's not Shinji anymore, but humanity is gonna reject this idea and go back to being separate entities, and I'm sticking with they all wake up on a beach happily ever after. Well, make sure to tune in next time where there'll hopefully be plenty of fan service.